Welcome to episode 295 of In Touch by OS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and I'm so glad Guy Searle is back on the show. How are you doing, Guy? We missed you last week, but I'm glad you're back today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, when I nap, I nap hard. And I didn't I call it? I said he was probably napping. <laughs> That's okay. That's exactly what you said. <clears throat> yeah. <sighs> Good to be here, though. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Yes. yes. We're happy. The sleep, it paid off because you look beautiful. You do. It's that glimmer. So pretty. So glimmer. But welcome, welcome to In Touch of Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And that voice was Ben Rathick. Thanks. How are you doing? Glad you're here. I am great, Dave. Glad to hear it. Glad. Weird weather, to say the least, but. Yes, it was. There was some wacky weather in this North Midwest, we call. And uh, last but not certainly not least, Jeff Gamut is here. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. It's always, I know I say it all the time, but it's true. It's always just great to get to hang out with you and and Ben and, well, and Guy, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, why not? No, it's always great to hang out with all of you guys. And, and we always have a great time because we're here to do the show. There's all kinds of great stuff this week. Uh, some topics, something about an Apple car. We got a uh, beta. We got a unboxing. I'm going to be doing a little later in the show. None of the panelists know what it is yet. And I'm going to do that a little later, but let's go right to the topics. And, uh, looks like uh beta this week, iOS 17.4 is in the release candidate mode. Uh, they released it for all versions of an iOS, iPad OS, TV OS and watch OS. It's all out. And this is the seated uh, candidate, and it looks like it's pretty imminent. We're going into March that it's going to get probably released to the public, I would, I would anticipate, next week. We've talked about all kinds of the fun things that have been uh, released on it, including the Apple Podcast transcripts, emoji changes, bug fixes, and all kinds of other stuff. What's it looking like, Ben, on your phone this week? Yeah, I'm up to the release candidate. Uh, and if anybody's wondering why iOS and iPadOS are release candidate and everything else is in a next beta, well, it's probably not quite ready yet, but the EU deadline of March 6th is the EU deadline of March 6th. That is true. So we get to anticipate. That's fast approaching. Like we can anticipate mm-hmm. that. Maybe they'll release it a few days before that uh, next week as we record. Because we're, you know, this is. This is the f- February 29th. We are in a leap year this year. So it's as we record. So uh, yeah, we're going to be right into March starting tomorrow. And uh, I would anticipate next week. Uh, usually Apple's usually good at uh, doing uh, Monday, Tuesday like releases. So. Yeah, I was going to say like a Tuesday. Yeah. So it's going to be full of bug fixes. We are got an article here on 9to5Mac just kind of going through some of the bug fixes. I will obviously get most of the details once it's officially released. Number... Uh, one number of them are going to have things like uh, stolen device protection now supports the option of increasing security in all locations. Battery health settings will show the battery recycle count, the manufacture date, and even that, and first use on the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro models. I like that. I mean, that's interesting to see where that or what that goes. And a number of other things here. I'm not going to go through all these, but uh, there was an issue with the dual SIM. Users, when the phone numbers uh, change from primary to secondary, and it is visible to a group that they have messaged. So I guess I will fall into that since I do have a second line in my iPhone. But, uh, yep, I think we're pretty much going to expect it next week. Still not doing it on the iPad, Jeff? <laughs> I have to figure out where the charger for this iPad You went. still haven't found it. <laughs> no. And, you know, I could just buy a new charger. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is I, I have so many that I can use on this iPad. I just can't figure out where they are. Yeah. any of them at all yeah it's they're all gone they're they're all over there somewhere Somewhere. they're somewhere so yep so that's a a a lot of uh things that are going out uh next week we'll Hmm. see where it goes with the with beta uh take a look at some of the bug fixes we're talking about here so let's move on to the next topic this has been kind of a hot story this week the apple car project was scrapped it was canceled by apple and they did spend quite a bit of money, as we're finding out, uh, as we record this uh, the article here in Mac Boomer saying that Apple may have spent more than $10 billion on the Apple Car project before they canceled it. And uh, while, they, while they did spend $10 billion, uh, 
over the last decade, this is a report actually in the New York Times, that's a pretty credible source here, that details the issues with the project faced during development. Apple first launched in 2014 and let it flounder for more than a decade before just killing it this week. Money was spent on research and development along with thousands of Apple engineers and car experts that worked on the project. Some employees with Apple are said to have suspected that the endeavor was likely going to fail from the beginning and referred to the car as the Titanic disaster instead of Project Titan. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim Cook had signed off on the project, but members of the car team knew that it was going to be a going to be close to impossible. Uh, an electric car, electric vehicle with self-driving capabilities would need to cost at least a hundred thousand dollars, and it would have razor thin margins and stiff competition. And Apple's not known to be doing anything with razor thin margins, as we well know. So, what do you think, Ben? Where where, where did it fail? I, I just don't think this was like he's they said this wasn't something that was going to happen I, I i was very skeptical from the beginning How about you yeah i think the the answers lie within the the headline for that new york time new york times article yeah apple wanted to move past the traditional car model they wanted to go to something innovative something vo- voice controlled and we're at a point where between laws and technology that just can't happen right now yep oh yep i would agree with that thought uh what do you think that guy you doing guys daily drive would you have driven an apple car <laughs> well sure it would have made it that a lot easier to do i could just concentrate completely on <laughs> on my content i am still not convinced that they were at all serious about making a car yeah. i don't care what anybody says i there was absolutely nothing concrete that showed that they were making a car. And when you consider, you know, all of these other companies, Lucid and, well, not so much Tesla, I guess they're one of the few, again, quotes, success stories mm-hmm. out there in new car startups. It just didn't seem to me that, that they were really serious about it. I, I think that. Uh, what a lot of people have said is that they were using it as a way to develop some new technology, whether that was AI or whether that was like stuff that they wanted to maybe license out to other actual car manufacturers. I mean, who knows? But I, I don't think that for, you know, this, 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 this was like, oh, who was it that kept saying that Apple was going to create a TV and that right. went on for Jeez, being monster. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who has been quoted here as well. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sorry, how many TVs did Apple actually sell? How many did they actually release again? Hmm. None. Mm. None. So I think the car was, was along those same lines, you know, at most they may have built a couple of them to use for you know, updating Apple maps and, you know, have them drive around town, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they were ever really serious about making a car. Yeah, agree. Yeah, honestly, I think I I would be surprised if they even got to the point where they actually made their own vehicle. It was just interface. Yeah, they slapping their their tech into uh, other people's other people's cars or simulation or simulators. Yeah. All right, Jeff. How about you? I know you have a hypothesis on this one. <laughs> I don't know why you would think that. I think Apple was more serious about producing a car than Guy thinks. Mm. Although I think Apple ah. was giving themselves a an an out with the project. So if 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 it didn't pan out, they they knew they were getting technologies out of this. And AI is mm. one of the things that Tim Cook said that that the car project was for without straight up saying we're making a car. Yep. I think ultimately what happened was that as the project continued, they realized that that the end goal for the car was a moving target. And it was a moving target that as the years went by, it made less sense to uh to continue to try and pursue that target. And I, and I've been thinking about it uh, over the past few days, which 
why would I bother just spending my time ruminating <laughs> on this? Whatever. I think another problem is that they didn't have a manufacturer partner lined up. And, and without that, it doesn't matter how well designed your car is and how far in the process it is to being ready to actually be manufactured. If you don't have the partner to build it for you, it, then you're not making a car. Yeah. So I, I think we hit the point where Apple was like, you know, we've got all these other technologies that have come out of Project Titanic. And and we realize at this point, we're never going to reasonably reach that uh, that end goal of a car. Certainly not the car that they would want to make. So instead of just leaning into into sunk cost fallacy, they decided to to cut the losses and move on, which I'm happy about because that means maybe these people that are working on all these AI technologies that they can now focus on just that, and that maybe Siri can get better. Yeah, I'm we got people in the chat. This so week at youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Actually, you could go ahead and do you tell us your comment, Ben, about the, you wouldn't be surprised that the CarPlay came from Project Titan. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least the new version of CarPlay. Because it does seem like one of those where it's designed for a full, full vehicle. Mm -hmm. And they probably just took the interface and repackaged it for uses with a head unit with yeah. car manufacturers. That seems totally plausible. Absolutely. And uh, we'll also welcome Cletus. I see you in the chat this week. Good. Thanks for being here. But uh, there were some other other interesting things that uh, that was uh, said about Apple Car. There's an article here talking about the car, Apple Car's history. I didn't even know there is a history. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they really go through it. There's never been an existing of a car. I mean, yeah, so they're going from all the 10 years. I don't need to go through all that, but uh, take a look at that uh, article. I thought that was interesting that there was also an interesting article in the, the 95 Mac reported that in the New York times that the Apple had held talks with Elon Musk about buying Tesla Tesla and planned to use Siri instead of a steering wheel for Apple car. <laughs> <laughs> but this came to the New York times, which is kind of a credible source of if I, I would say so. Well, I don't, but, think but maybe not in this case, but why would I mean, not in this case. It's a, okay. Talk about, about Apple being in negotiations or at least discussing with Tesla yeah. doing an acquisition. I remember several years ago that that was a thing people were talking about mm -hmm. and it was uh, straight up denied right. by, I, I think both companies. Right. Well, and well, they're going to uh, deny unless something they're ready to announce. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, both companies denying that this is going on. And then Siri instead of a steering wheel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no. feel really safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ben hit it early, uh, just a couple minutes ago when when you said that that there's laws and regulations that Apple has to comply with. No steering wheel. That doesn't fit with with current car regulations in the United States. So that's true. That's no, that, that was not going to happen. Yeah. It was going to be mean, a hockey, hockey puck steering wheel that you had to turn upside down to charge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so but that's I mean, where the big problem is the, the uh, Apple w was concerned that people were going to complain about scratched roofs on their car every time they had to flip it over to charge it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see, see Apple and Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could but, see Apple and Elon Musk having hmm. common ground on what they want a car to be in the future. I just think for both parties, what they want is just a little bit too far in the future. Yeah, that would make sense. So, but you know. Tesla was the dominant force in, in electric cars, but th they've kind of fallen off a little grace here because uh, I, I I was very surprised. Uh, Tesla never participated in any auto shows, you know, across the country, you know, 
you have the LA auto show and then the New York auto show and all the Detroit auto show for that matter. And the Chicago auto show. And for the very first time this year, the Tesla actually had a presence at the Chicago auto show. Chicago auto show is one of the biggest you know, auto shows in the country. So that just tells you that Tesla is really starting to worry that all these other electric car, the uh, manufacturers of you no know, the big, the big three that are doing them is it, it, it's a tough market because now you have everybody in it. Well, not only that, but it's, it's, I think it's a smaller market than all of them anticipated. Yes. I don't think, I don't think that, I mean, a a lot of these electric cars are just not ready for prime time. Don't have the distance. And when, yeah, well, and that, that's the biggest part of it right there. I want to go to Florida. Well, I got to kind of incorporate another two to three hours just for charging the car two or three times. Mm -hmm. And finding a charging station. Sometimes they're, they're not working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plus, I mean, Tesla is a company that for the better part of a decade went without competition. Exactly. Well, now they have a lot of credible competition. And the Chinese are getting involved. Yeah. Yep. And we, you know, we kind of went over this a little bit on Mac Voices on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. But the the one thing that I I found interesting, and I didn't bring it up, on Mac voices is the hard push by the Chinese to get into Africa for uh, basic resources. resources. Yeah. You know, and they're pushing hard. I mean, they're, they're building multi, multi-billion dollar railroads. There's one from Dar es Salaam to Mombasa in Tanzania. They're putting in a lot of railroads in Kenya. And so far, most of, most of the stuff they're doing, I think, is on the, the east coast of Africa, probably because the west coast of Africa right now is a, is a, is a mess. Right. There's so much stuff going on that's just not good in the west coast of Africa that they seem to be putting a lot of their, their resources into getting, getting, some, getting some friends that have lots of natural resources on the east coast of africa mm-hmm. yep so definitely interesting I, I i must say i i i say they're moving on you know the vision pro is really has been taking some domination as far as new product and i think they they're they're, they're pretty focused on that as press. well a lot of press for sure it's start, i think it's starting to tail off we might i, I just first time i mentioned it today and i don't think we'll even talk much about it because you know it, the 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 excitement has kind of dwindled on that. So, so we won't even be talking about an Apple car next week or, or probably for a long time, if, if ever. So I think it's, it's kind of dead, honestly. Um, out of gas. Yep. Yeah, just there, there you go. Uh, <laughs> nice one. I, I saw, I, I saw uh, that. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of rumors that we almost, it's almost a given that uh, Apple's going to release new iPads. Finally, they, they didn't do any releases of iPads in 2023. So, so they are working on new versions of the iPad pro and that's, they say it's, it's going to probably release it sometime in March. And as much as we don't want dabble in rumors, some, some of this, this, this story seemed to be kind of creditable to me anyway, they're, they're going to do a refresh. And, and I think the, it's going to be, they're saying it's going to mark the biggest design update to the, to the, to the pro lineup since uh, 2018 uh, apple is transitioning to oled displays and swapping and the swap will allow them for a major change in overhaul thick overall thickness of the device they, there were some cad drawings that were found and it's and said that the upcoming 11 inch and 13 inch ipad pro models will give give us some insight on how thin the tablet will be so they're showing some some dimensions here what it's going to be like and uh and then going to go through some of these uh, things and again it's a 13 inch iPad Pro so you're getting another 0.1 inch of uh of of a screen space here so and then go through some dimension sizes and stuff so I, I think it's imminent that we're going to get new iPads it's just I've, I it's the first time I've really seen them actually have CAD drawings and talking about the exact dimensions of something obviously they got leaked what do you think uh, Joe Yeah of course, we're getting new iPads, and spring makes sense because that's yeah. a window when Apple typically introduces iPads right. on years where we get them. Seeing the CAD drawings, well, okay. I mean, they look plausible, but yeah. to be fair, it doesn't take much for people to generate CAD drawings. True. Yeah. So 
I, I will I will take this with a hefty grain of salt until I actually see what Apple is introducing. Increasing the screen size on the 12.9 inch, that seems totally plausible to me sure. because they can make the bezel just a little bit smaller. And there you go. There you go. How about you, Guy? What do you think? Honestly, you know, I, I just bought an M1 iPad not long after the it came out. That's why I have to. And it's been it's been a, a great device. And you know, I, I look at it the same way I kind of look at my iPhone. I'm still on an iPhone 13 because the iPhone 13 was an awesome phone. It works for mm-hmm. you. And there has not yet been an update big enough for me to replace the phone. So where's my incentive for replacing my M1 iPad? It, I just don't see it. You yeah. know, for a 0.1 inch difference in a screen, and maybe it's it's a little bit faster. Well, what I'm using my iPad for now, it, it can't, it, it's not even, it's not stretching it in, in any stretch of the imagination. Now, if they had gone to a, a 14 inch screen, Okay, well, you know, that's a that's a big change right there and and sure. maybe I would have liked a little bit more real estate, but for for a 0.1 inch increase in screen assuming that that all of this stuff is is actual reality just doesn't do it for me. And and Apple is kind of t- to blame for for the the lack of iPad sales not because they're not a, it's not a great device, but people get one and they find out that Two, three, four, five years later, everything that they use an iPad for, the one they have is still working great. Yep. Same you know, thing with the phones. Your, your inability to find a valid reason to upgrade from your M1, mm-hmm. totally get it. I don't even have an M series iPad Pro. It, it is a USB-C model. And I still haven't been able to justify replacing it. Yeah. And th- this model, depending on the features, might be when it's time for me to look at it, because then I can start doing things like hover with with an Apple Pencil. And but you know, o- overall, I cannot find a valid reason to uh, to today to replace my iPad Pro, even though it doesn't have an M processor in it. Yeah. Yep. I had a 2018 and I, I struggled. I mean, I, obviously I went ahead and bought one, but I didn't need to replace that. Nope, I, now, I my... do video editing on mine. Yeah, I did. I was doing podcasts in 2014, including video editing on an iPad. I, I didn't even take a laptop with me to the very last Macworld Expo. Yep. A great experiment. It took me two to three times as long as it would have been on a regular Mac laptop. But I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, how about let's get you um, in bed? Let's get you in bed. Let's go. What do you think? I find these completely plausible because we are most likely weeks away from the launch of these. Mm-hmm. How many weeks is up for debate? And the only people that win on that debate are Apple. Yep. But most likely, well-known case makers already have the dimensions when they're being. When, when essentially those are leaked to Chinese factories, well, those dimensions t- tend to get out to not as high-end case makers. So usually the first thing to get leaked on any new Apple model yep. or any new model whatsoever is the actual physical dimensions of the device. Yep. No, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see where it goes. Next story here, actually, this topic, I wonder, we, we just uh, found out about this today as we record this. This was uh, MacPaw, which we, we love MacPaw, our Ukrainian-based mm-hmm. company. We love supporting them, supporting uh, what's everything that's going on in Ukraine. But they, they make some they make some amazing applications. And set app is, I think, all of us on the panel, are, it's our favorite platform to be able to get a lot of great Mac apps in, in one place. And uh and uh, do that. Do you, uh, Guy, do you have a setup app, a subscription? Actually, no, I don't. I have a, a relatively low application count on the stuff that I that I do, but 
you know, it, it's like, well, how many different video editors do I need? How many different digital audio workstations do I need? Yeah. You know, I've, I've got, I've got a set number of apps that, <laughs> that I use to, to do the work that I do and it all works great. And, you know, I've looked at some of the apps in set apps and the subscription fee just wasn't worth it for me to, to get okay. access to apps that I probably won't use. Okay. I know the rest of us have it, but uh, this is a kind of exciting, even though it's only going to be in the EU. They announced an upcoming beta version of SetApp Mobile, and then this is going to lead their way towards a more user-centric app ecosystem. And so this was a press release, and as we said, SetApp's been the first subscription-based platform offering curated collection of Mac and iOS apps for users, and they, they, uh, they do a very good job here. And the different app categories and the beta version is going to include things like productivity and business tools, creative design and software, lifestyle and productivity, utility apps, and specialty professional tools. So it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to see where this goes. Obviously, we're not going to be able to access this in the United States because this is something that's going into the alternate app stores for the EU. What do you think, Ben, on this? I think this is exactly the type of thing that will enhance ios in the eu they macpaw is a very trusted company yes that themselves makes exceptional products and takes a lot of good care to come up with partner products for the, the set app for mac yeah honestly this is this is the kind of company that kind of goes directly opposite of the narrative that these alternate app stores are inherently unsafe because this is the model of how it should work. Yeah, I I think it is. It's just, fortunately, I'd be interesting to see if, if anything happens in the U S after the, after this is all out and maybe Apple reconsiders. I doubt it. Uh, What do you think, Jeff, on this? Yeah, I'm with Ben. This this is the company to look to for a legit EU alternative to Apple's App Store. Mm-hmm. MacPaw has a, a solid reputation. Now, as far as will we ever see something like this in the United States, I think eventually, yes. Yeah. I it's think, a, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean uh, to interrupt. I will wrap up super fast so that, that you don't lose your thought. I think it's inevitable that eventually we will we will see changes that that push Apple to make the change on their own or to do it through through governments forcing them. Mm-hmm. Okay, go go ahead, guy. Okay, no, I'm trying to grab that thought. Where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> I think the big difference between a lot of the alternate app stores and what MacPaw wants to do is that with setup you're basically paying one fee per month for access to all of these different apps. So it's not like you're having to say, okay, well, I'm going to spend a little bit of money here and get this app. And I'm going to spend a little bit of money there and get this app. It's basically like, okay, you give us, you know, 20, 25 euros, whatever it is per month. And you can pick and choose between all of these different apps, install them, delete them, do whatever you want with them. It doesn't matter. And you're not going to be charged an extra dime for each one of these apps that you decide to use. And I think that's the big difference between what MacPaw is trying to do with SetApp and all of these different stores, including ones like uh, Epic and so many of the other ones that are, are they're, basically they're going to try to nickel and dime you to death. And if they can get you to download useless apps that don't only cost 99 cents well that's 98 cents that goes into their pockets yeah that that makes sense that makes sense so all right now i'm going to move on to an unboxing i i I just i've been looking forward to this you are you guys don't even know what it is uh is it a good thing we're all sitting down i think it is well i know i know ben's gonna look at cereal i know ben's gonna like this but i'm gonna bring it up on the yeah i I, I think dave's also gonna use this as his cool thing tomorrow if i'm on the show you already did this cool thing oh nice this this is the belkin for people listening the auto tracking stand pro with dock kit 
Ben, you actually recommended this on the Mac show last week and I bought yep. it and actually got a really good discount on it because I I found like a 15% coupon and it was free shipping. So it, it just arrived like literally, I just got it like about two hours ago. So I, I haven't even looked at it yet. So going to do an unboxing oh, that must here. have been driving you crazy. It was. I yeah. had to open it. I wanted to open it, but so we'll, we'll unbox yeah. it here I, on camera, but this is. This is supposed to be a real cool thing. This is the dock kit, but I didn't even know what dock that dock kit existed. Did you guys? Did you? Did you? Uh, yeah, that? it was in WWDC. It was okay. So, so there's yeah, much to this. I, it looks like it. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the stand here, and it, all you have to do is it, it's got NFC, and you, uh, you you put the phone down to it, and NFC will connect to it, and this thing is going to follow you around like a you know it just moves back and forth and follows you. I don't know if it's charging. Like three sixty. Yeah, two, three, three hundred sixty. I don't know if this thing's charged yet or not. So, but I could get lucky. So it 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 just goes down and and it charges it. Then you're going to put your phone, you know, right in front of this to get it, get it to to, to sense it from the NFC here. I don't know if this this is going to crash and burn, but I think you you can do that. So I won't be able to get it to work, but I think this is going to be well, a cool is, thing. So, what's that? Go what ahead. is that little round thing? At the top, is that a charge? That's MagSafe. That's MagSafe. So then, so then the phone is going to go on to the MagSafe device like this, and and then the 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 phone follows you around like with the camera. So this is basically like an auto, auto tuning move, moving of the device. So it'll move with you. So it's the 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 base spins and it'll it'll connect and and then nice, it goes right from 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 that. It goes right to Bing. It goes to Bing when I tap. uh, So I tap Bing (laughs) here. So. It's $179. Again, I just got it, so I haven't been able to uh, do too much with it yet. And you know, right now, doing it live here, it's going to be hard to get it to sync because I'll have to hold it up and all that fun stuff. But but I'm looking forward to, to checking it out. And really what the, the goal of this item, what this is for, is the, is the, the fact to have an auto-tracking uh, camera that's going to track with you. And uh, it's, it's a real easy way to do FaceTime, do some action-packed videos. You can go hands-free with live streaming. So that, that's where it's going to come into as content creators. We can use this to stand really easily. It, it It's a really, really cool. I think it's a, it wasn't too terribly expensive. You know, like I said, about $179. You get it directly through uh, Belkin's website. Um, they got a demo on here. Uh, if you go to the site here and I'll put the link in the show notes here. And it, it just, you just tap it and, It'll no app is required. This, this uses this the dock kit. So this is the very first product in my, that I'm aware of, anyway. Unless Ben, you, 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 I don't know if you recall anything as far as uh, any other devices out there. But oh, I uh, think we lost Ben. Did we lose Ben? I, I think oh. we lost his image. Oh, he just oh he he stepped away. Sorry, I was looking at the Zoom. <laughs> uh so so what do you think of this, Jeff? Is it is this something you might you might want to use? I want to try it first. But yes, I think this is something that I could use. And you know, I occasionally make videos and yeah. and it would give me an interesting way to be able to add more compelling shots to this to the videos that I make. Yeah. So I I, I want to experience so I'll do this vicariously through you, how well it actually <laughs> tracks. <laughs> so I look forward to your report. Yeah, we'll definitely do a report once I use it for a week and see see where uh, where it, where it does it. Oh, there, there we go. See if you see it on the camera there, it says tracking dock. There it is, right there. Uh, and uh, that's so cool. It's looking for the accessory yeah. and it's giving me the option to connect. I click connect. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a device that is going to get more and more useful as iPhone front cameras get better. Yeah. So it's a, so it does take a first time use. It does take mm-hmm. a few minutes to actually go through and, and com- completely the, the configuration of the accessory for the first time. Oh, it's done. So now. So it wow. doesn't take that long. I thought it, it said taking a few minutes and I guess I was, it was wrong. So now I have to see if it, it actually works. And I think you have to open up the camera. So it's already yep. lying Oh my us. God, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's tracking. It's awesome. Move it around. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 there, there it is there. And I, I stood in front of it and if I move, if I move around, it moves with me. So I, I'll have it on the stand here. Let me see. Yep. It's moving around. It's, it's, it's got, it's just using the camera to track me. That's so, very cool. 
Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how it plays out and again for some content creation. I think this is going to be great. You know, now I can do some more hands-on uh, in front of a camera and, and toggle between cameras, not having the camera up on my screen, like we use now and uh, do, doing the uh, product demonstrations and you you can use the front or the rear facing camera. So, <clears throat> which is, which is cool. It just, it just spins around. So. Check it out. Got the link in the show notes. That was my unboxing. I thought everybody would get a little, a little excited about that. <laughs> that is cool. That was really cool. So good stuff. So let's, uh, uh, there was actually, there was one thing I want to talk a little bit about was, was AI. Where's Apple going to be with AI? And it, it uh, is it something that we really should be uh, thinking about as far as what AI does for Apple? What really caught my uh, my eye this week is because I'm I'm actually doing some testing at work with uh, with uh, with AI using uh, Microsoft 365 and Copilot, and I just got access to it today, and it's just so cool because uh, one of the cool things that Copilot has that integrates with Microsoft 365 is it has this thing called coaching. So when you when you open up an email, it's it's integrated into Outlook, and then what it does is it allows you to uh, in, enable the coaching feature through copilot and it'll actually go and scan through and coach you to see what would be the best way to reply to the email. And it'll also scan and look at what reply you did. And it'll tell you what it, what tone you used as well as it'll suggest what, what, uh, what it thinks you could change it to, to make it more business professional. So, and this is, this is obviously the business uh, version of copilot. So it's going to, it's going to focus make things focus on that. So, and just like when you use Copilot, you type in, you know, I, I've mentioned that before. I think I have, you know, when I've wanted to do, let's say, a, a presentation on OneDrive, you know, I type in, you know, create me an outline on on OneDrive for Business that, and and I want to do it for thirty minutes and tell me, uh, and, and we want to really focus on tips, and it'll just go through and give you step by step, and it'll, it'll tell you what you should talk about, and it gives you just some amingly really great ideas. I know many of us here have using used. Uh, whether it be chat GPT or copilot, you know, bing.com slash chat is another place you can go as well as you can use the copilot for Microsoft, the free version. You don't have to pay for it, but, uh, but it, they're charging a pretty good amount of money for, for this service. Uh, if you want to get more of the advanced features, especially copilot thing on the, the consumer side, it's like $20 a month. So that's, that's a pretty good amount of money to, it has to be pretty, you know, pretty, pretty serious with this stuff. Guy, have you have you dabbled in anything with AI yet? Have you tried open chat GPT or any of this stuff? Yeah, you know, I, I have played around with it a little bit. My experiences with it were were not that all really all that great. I think a lot of it just had to do more with I you know, I, I have enough trouble keeping myself intelligent rather than <laughs> just trying to push mm-hmm. in, you know, some coherent thought onto something else. And I think it was more like chat GPT was like I have no idea what this person wants, but it seems to be revolved around microphones. So <laughs> what, what I would actually use some of this stuff for, I, I'm, I'm not even sure, but I, I, I look at, I look at a lot of the AI that that's been going on for the last three to four years. And a lot of it just seems to be hype. Mm-hmm. So We'll see, we'll see where it goes and whether it's going to be worth the investment that all these companies are putting into it. But again, this isn't really AI, it's, it's machine learning. And so let's, yeah, I I'm, I'm just kind of withholding judgment until I can find a use case for it for myself. Yes. So Apple is doing a lot of internal testing and development and uh, Tim Cook did, did confirm they are looking at AI. They have to this point i mean it's i mean every other company google amazon microsoft uh, all the all the big big players are already really getting heavily into it so as we as i just described previous year so they're they're doing something called uh the engineers have been referring to as apple gp gpt they of course they wouldn't want to ever use that naming for a consumer product but they're just doing that as an internal thing here and then they're also mentioning this article in the Mac Rumors, or I'm sorry, 95 Mac Rumors, that's asking for Apple support, ask for Apple support advisors. They're testing an AI tool like that. AI for Siri. I wonder if how, how that really will be 
something that will work well because S lady is, you know, not the greatest when it comes to things as it needs some pretty vast improvements. And one interesting thing is, and I think most companies are doing this these days is third party AI is banned at Apple. So Apple employees cannot, cannot use chat GPT or GitHub or copilot or any other AI uh, tools because Apple is concerned like any company that it could be leaking out confidential company data, you know, uh, that's a smart move. And I think that's a smart. Um, I mean, who I work for is the same thing. You know, you, you you'll you'll have people who companies will create sandboxes. They could you know, mm-hmm. they 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 could work within the four walls of the company and not be concerned mm-hmm. that you're putting in company information and potentially leaking anything out that you shouldn't be. Well, if so, you put company information into ChatGPT, you were leaking company information. Yeah, period. Right. Yeah, and, and that's because. ChatGPT and and other similar LLMs, part of the agreement that that you probably don't remember agreeing to, says that all the content that you put in stays in and is used as part of future training. Right. Which means that anything you put in could potentially be regurgitated out to someone else. I don't use these tools for work because I can't not have content that I'm creating for any of my clients True. going out as part of a training model. There, you know, non-disclosure agreements. It, I just yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, you should do that. Not that I would want to generate a whole article using ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. That said, people are continually talking about Apple needing to get into AI without realizing Apple has been very deep in AI for a long time and you're using it on a daily basis if you have an iPhone. Yeah, it's, like go ahead, uh, offer like, the examples I was about to do, please. Yeah, like Guy just said, it's called ML from Apple and they literally have cores built to power this right into every A, M, and S series processor. Right. Yeah. All, all those cool things that you that you do with photos in the Photos app, that's AI and ML that's making that happen. Yep. And uh, the whole thing with your iPhone learning your routine and suggesting apps when when it thinks, oh, this is a thing you're going to do, learning your your schedules. So it can anticipate and tell you, hey, you usually leave for work now. Traffic's bad. You should leave earlier. It's it's all part of making sure that that guy's daily drive happens when yeah. it should. Exactly. Allah. Yeah. Now, what Apple <laughs> hasn't been doing publicly is the flashy, broken stuff that we're seeing from OpenAI, from Google, from Microsoft. Where you get the 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 really bad generative language content that just gets dumped out, and that's not AI. That's a a large language model, a mathematic algorithm, predicting what the next most likely word is going to be based on a prompt that you gave it. That's not AI, and. There are ways, however, to incorporate what you're doing with an LLM into an AI model that potentially could enhance other things that you do. So we'll see what Apple does. But I mean, Apple has been very deep in this for a long time. Right. And we already we already know that Apple has has AI tools that are out there in the in the Mm -hmm. public domain. And uh, and companies are using the AI uh, resources that Apple's making, including Google. So yep. Apple is putting stuff out there, letting all of the other people get egg on their face while they use this stuff and they're refining what they're doing so that hopefully when Apple drops their next big AI thing on us, that uh, it, it won't be just a crap story. Another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting. You got another. You get the last word there, Ben. Uh, I think come WWDC, we're probably going to see, see number one, basically an Apple Sherlock version of Grammarly, and two, 
And I think they're probably going to use this exact name because of kind of the way to carry Siri with AI. I would love to see an Apple Sherlock of uh, of Grammarly. I mean, Grammarly, it's a very useful tool. I use it. Yeah. The problem I have with Grammarly is, this, well, there's, there's a couple of problems. It will make changes that are wrong. And it also will hold on to your content and use it for learning. So mm-hmm. anything you're doing that that is proprietary under a non-disclosure agreement, potentially that could be in conflict with with using Grammarly. So yep. ch- check with your your employer and make sure it's actually safe to use. Yep, for sure. All right, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the news of this week. I have a couple of new stories. This first story is about actually uh, the Apple shareholders meeting that they had, the annual shareholders meeting that they had uh, this past week. And it concluded with a, a support for all its proposals and rejection of uh, shareholder proposals, despite controversies and disagreements. It uh, you know they have to go, had to meet through it, and I think the biggest thing that stand, stood out was the the fact of that a couple of the board members, including Al Gore, had to step had to step aside because of their age. So that happened to do as well. They did talk about the the, the reported use of AI. So uh, Apple uh, CEO uh, Tim Cook had to to review that and. And uh, yeah, I think uh, overall they had a pretty good Cheryl's uh, meeting, and and I think the Cheryls are fine. The stock's been holding pretty steady; it's been going up and down for the last couple of days. But you know, much else to say about this other than yeah, it seems like uh, seem things things are okay with this, right? Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next story here, which is Apple ID. It could be re- it could be uh, rebranded to mm-hmm. Apple Account later this year. Apple appears to be gearing up for a major rebrand of its well-known Apple ID with the plans to rename it Apple Account. Sources familiar with Apple's work here, this was written Mac rumors uh, that they told them that uh, Apple is ex- experimenting with the new Apple Account name, which could be introduced as soon as this year. Uh, and Apple ID is, of course, the account that allows you to use uh, to access all kinds of services like iCloud and App Store and all that fun stuff. And rebranding of it is going to be interesting to see how they do this. They've done this kind of rebrandings before. You know what? The biggest complaint I have about Apple IDs is us. Darn you, Apple, that we have two Apple ID accounts and we can't merge them. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And the same thing with like a lot of the services, photos and music and TV and all the rest of that. You can bring people in, but you can't each have your own stuff and say, oh, okay, I want to watch, you know, our, our two accounts even though they're not merged, you know, it, we're, we're a couple, we're a married couple or whatever. Right. So right now we want to watch mm-hmm. Power Rangers. And then when Power Rangers are over on my wife's account, we want to watch Great Expectations on my account or, you know, mix and match, wherever you want to go with it. Kind of and, fascinating that that's where you went with both the shows. Yeah, I know. I was kind of <laughs> like to see Power Rangers, Great <laughs> Expectations. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll. We'll go with that. But there's there's a lot of things that that Apple's ID with their very own services just does not do very well. But on the same token, there's really not much else that's out there that's much better. So when you consider that Apple holds on to your information and keeps damn near all of it private, somehow in this day and age i'll stick with apple even though it doesn't always do everything i want it to yep everything ben i mean if even if nothing changes i mean how many people colloquially call this their apple account anyway true it is kind of fitting um so i'd rather apple spent the money on on actually fixing their antiquated and clearly very broken account system as opposed to putting the money into rebranding that's yeah, just I mean, me well that way you feel better about it you would feel better. broken there you go i you stand would, corrected you would feel better yep. all right and and guy your example gave me a mental picture of pip riding a zorg <laughs> <laughs> yeah Couple more stories here, quick ones here. Uh, Zoom is actually going to drop support. I can't believe they were still supporting it. 
They are dropping support for older versions of iOS, and they announced today that iOS 11 and iOS 12 will be gone next month. So you have to have at least iOS 13 or, or higher to continue to receive Zoom updates starting next month. You know, there's no surprise. I mean, iOS 11 was released in 2017. 12 was released in 2018. So I, I guess, you know, they wanted to keep holding on to this as long as they could. So, so people upgrade your devices. That's all I got to say. If you have to, if you, yeah, you have to be holding on to that. So, so finally, an, a new story here is uh, Apple pay later is now it's going to actually show up on your credit reports. I guess apparently it didn't when it first came out. If anybody isn't familiar with Apple pay later, it was, it was a buy now and pay later loan service that had information reflected in Experian credit reports. But until now, it was used as a short-term buy now, pay later, or, or for, for payment loan, such as those available through many other uh, services and, and Apple Pay as well. And these loans were not reflected on your credit report, but that's going to change. So starting, actually, it just started yesterday. Let's record here that anything borrowed onward will appear on your Experian credit report. And it'll have uh, the the buy now pay later designation. So, so be aware of that if you are using this, it's it's definitely something that some people like to utilize. It's not something I would utilize since I've got pretty good credit and plenty plenty, plenty of credit cards that I can put on as interest free and all that yeah. fun stuff. And then so I pay everything off every month, and you pay it off, mm-hmm. right? So, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the ways you can you could be ruining your iPhone. I thought this story was interesting. I wanted to just kind of go over some of the things that the, of the 10 things that, that are out there that allows you to, that, that you could be doing with your ruining of the phone. I, I, I agree with many of these, but some of these are kind of half baked, but, uh, so number 10 was using, you're using the wrong accessories. So, you know, some of us do spend a lot of time on iPhone, spend less on iPhone accessories as we believe that uh, aren't important. And unfortunately you could be ruining in that and it's further from the truth. So what I'm saying is, you know, don't use these, these gas station plugs. Don't be using. That's the, how fires start. That's how fires start. Yeah. And also they're inefficient. Apple does have a, an M5 made for iPhone program. And you want to make sure that the connectors are always certified M5 by Apple. So don't, don't go to Walgreens and buy the, those crappy things they have sitting on their, the, the, the quickie stations when you're at the checkout. So th- that's probably one of the most, uh, w- one of the most things are. Yeah. Other th- yeah. Uh, you, go ahead. Yeah. Anybody has comments? Yeah. Just one thing here. Also, when you're going for any third party cables or chargers, go for brands that are yep. well reviewed and tested. Like Anchor um, or something like that. Yeah. A- a- Anchor, that type, type of thing. Just because they say they're MFI on, on Amazon or, some other site or at the gas station the gas station yeah, the right. gas station that doesn't mean they actually are yeah so be aware of that and the uh other thing they say is uh using your iphone while it's charging you know having to wait to, to use your phone while it's charging doesn't sound appealing to anyone but you know what's worse you're ruining your iphone's battery they're saying Whenever you charge your iPhone, you need to use it very lightly or even leave it alone as much as possible because when you use it, it starts to get bad. I don't Sorry. know if I, I don't know if I agree this, this, that this, this one, I uh, because I, I, I mean, many of us, like I know, I know family members have external batteries that they put on their, they hold with their iPhones to charge them and, and use them at the same time. So this one, I don't think I, I kind of agree with. Go ahead, Jeff. I, and I know you had an opinion on this. No, I don't agree with this one at all. And I mean, con- considering all of the, Technology Apple has developed to help improve and maintain battery life. Right. You know, if you have stuff to do and you want to plug your phone in while you do it, then do it. Also, how are you supposed to use your iPhone for navigation in the car? Right. If you don't have it plugged in, because that's yep. how you're going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So three you- words car play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, kind of skeptical about this when it comes to that. I, I, I agree with that when it comes to this. So now a lot of people say, are you, are you, are you keeping your battery healthy? You know, do you fully charge your phone and let it fully drain? You know, some people do, some people don't. 
That's why we have that new feature called optimized battery charging, where it learns your charging patterns and uses the 80% mark. Are you guys using that optimized optimized battery charging? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Turned it on as soon as it was available. Yeah. So that, 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 every single device. It, it, it it is giving you uh, some good options as far as making sure that you, uh, that you use the battery properly. So, but there are times a lot of people, they, they let the battery charge all the way down. I can say family members are here are using their phones all the time. And it goes like, like phone died. Well, cause you know, you're using it too much probably thing else. So important to, uh, the, to, to, to do that as far as that goes. A couple other things I'll mention is like, are, you're not cleaning your phone prop iPhone properly, or is, are you, are you even cleaning it at all? Make sure you use, you know, good, good uh, wipes that you're wiping it with, you know, you got to use the, the Apple polishing cloth. So you got to buy that. So that's important, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, just, just keep your phone clean. Cause if you're not cleaning it, there's you know, a lot of bacteria can build up if you're not, and you're putting a lot of germs and, you know, people are eating food and touching it and all that stuff. So important to, to call that you guys, any, you guys agree with these? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Clean your and phone. Every that, which that. remind me. Yeah. Don't use Clorox wipes on your phone. No. Yeah. Even though it says right here in this little article, use Clorox wipes followed by don't use bleach or hydrogen peroxide. Right. Clorox wipes, bleach. Hello. Yeah. It's, uh, it's toxic. <laughs> Last, a couple other things I'll mention is, you're keeping your iPhone storage too full. I mean, I don't think we have that problem really more, more than nowadays. Cause you know, I think most people these days have at least 64 gigs of space on their iPhone. Don't you think at this point, although, or maybe even 128 uh, for that matter, but just, just be aware. Don't, don't let your space run out because it's going to really slow down your, the, the performance of your iPhone a little yeah, bit, but it, it won't ruin your phone. It won't ruin it. Your but... phone's just potentially slower. It's going to slow it down and, well, and, I mean, and you're going to be unhappy be. with, uh, with not having space to store anything and your photos won't store. Yeah. So it's going to ruin your afternoon, not your phone. Yeah. All my pictures of Clorox bleach gone. If I'm right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a, tra- a, tra- a travesty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and lastly, I, I say lastly is, is so important that you're not keeping your phone up to date. People, please. Oh my God. I hate when I see that little number one next to settings and you let it sit there and, and, and don't update your phone. I mean, the it, Apple releases it, it for a reason. Me insane. Yeah. So, so it really, it really does. It, it, it is really annoying when you let, I mean, I see that all the time and people have all their red numbers on not, not even the settings icon, the, the apps themselves. And you know, I've got 50 messages sitting on my, on, on in my WhatsApp <laughs> and, and, cause I'd never check it. So, but it's a lot of spam pretty much. So yeah, please people update your phones to the latest versions of iOS. It's so important. All the reason that that would be on there too, is like, if you haven't backed up your iPhone in quite a while and those, those, you are too cheap to pay for iCloud <laughs> <laughs> with the five, with the five gig plan. Come on, people get to go just pay a buck a month and you, you get 50 gigs of, of storage and at least give you a good space so that you can back up your phone for that matter. It's 50 gigs is going to be pretty, pretty sufficient for most people. Um, 50 gigs never hurt anyone. Yeah. Only cost you a buck a yeah. month. So. And, oh yeah. I mean, you get like an insane amount of data for 10 bucks a month. Right. Go with 200 gigs that then you, you get a good deal with that on iCloud. Mm-hmm. iCloud makes it so much easier. You don't have to, you know, you could do it on Dropbox or OneDrive or, you know, Google Drive or whatever those, but it's, it's extra work. You got to, you got to get it to back up to those services. Well, why not on yep. an iPhone? Well, as an example, my phone recently had a runaway process that was just making really? the battery drain like crazy and took it to the Apple store. They couldn't find what the exact process was or what, the, you know, why the battery was draining so quickly. So the next step was, well, let's just wipe the phone and start over. And, you know, you're using iCloud, right? And it was like, yeah. So Windows. Yeah. (laughs) And so they wiped the phone. And within 45 minutes to an hour after I walked out of the store, everything was back on the phone the way it was supposed to. And 
was working great. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think we have a show title, Wipe Your Phone, It's Windows. (laughs) 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 So I'm going to make sure I know that so I don't forget. we got to have some good show titles here. So yeah, no, I definitely agree with, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's so annoying to wipe a phone, iPhone, because you got so much extra work after that to get it back to the way you want it. But so just, just be, be, uh, be aware of getting your the updates yeah. done so it isn't messed up. So be kind, rewind. That too. <laughs> so with bold. that, very bold. With that, uh, I think we are here to wrap up the show. Thanks, thanks to all of you for being here this week. We had just a great show, a lot of great content, and uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, so that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon at in touch at uh, in touch with iOS at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at in touch slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash in touch with iOS. We have two tiers available to support the show, but we would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe when, so you're notified when we are live streaming on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash iOS. And I want to thank uh, Cletus that was in the chat and Webb and any, many others that were out there. Thank you for being here this week. Uh, and we are going to have all the live streams that we that we record live as well as all the shows, uh, uh, the audio portion of the show is on YouTube as well. Just to go check that out. Visit In Touch With iOS Magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. Please fl- click the link in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show and on, in your favorite podcatcher, including app podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, just go to our website, InTouchWithiOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us is on our website. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveD65 and Mastodon.cloud. And guys, Cyril, thank you for being here. We always love having you. Great. Where can people find you? Well, you can usually find me every weekend recording a podcast with Gaz, uh, the MyMac.com podcast. We're doing that eh, for a little while. Uh, you can also get a hold of me by sending me an email through the email client of your choice, and that would be guy at mymac.com. You can find me over on the uh, X, Twitter, wh- whatever those things are now. Uh, Mac, Mac Parrot and Vert Shark. I'm also on Counter Social and Mastodon.social as Mac Parrot. Uh, and we have a Google Voice number you can call and just leave anything that you want. And if you curse a lot, you make a lot of it, a lot of extra work for me. So don't do that. <laughs> and that number is 703-828-4677. Uh, there's a, there's a, a guy named Marcus who does it quite often. And it really takes me a lot of time to go through and go, oh, God. Okay, no, no, no. And then bring over the little bit, the little bitty eep sound, so that it kind of goes over it. So much fun, but we have a good time over there. Oh, also, almost forgot, uh, Vert Shark, the VertShark.com website, as well as uh, Vert Shark over on uh, the Tubes of You, and the revamped and pretty much the same as it was before, Guys Daily Drive that I'm going to try to do at least twice a week. So it's not every day, but I am driving. So yes, you are. Be safe. Drive safely. <clears throat> Always. And like uh, thank you, Guy. Okay, Granny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks, Guy. And uh, Ben Rathing, thank you for being here. Where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rathig on the social media of your choice. You can find me at Rathig.tech for my writings. On Tuesday, you can find me on uh, Mac Voices with Mr. Chuck Joyner. On most Thursdays and Fridays, you can find me on the Big and Mac shows on the British Tech Network. (laughs) And of course, every Thursday, you can find me here on In Touch with iOS Pittsburgh. Thanks, Ben. Jeff Gamet, as always, a thrill to always have you here. Where can people find you? It's seriously a treat to get to hang out with you. So thank you. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, where can you find me? How about uh, Jay Gamut on social media? Um, all of them. I'm active on Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. Then shows. Uh, Chuck Joyner lets me join in on Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Dave lets me join in here on In Touch with iOS on Thursdays. Then um, on the British Tech Network, Thursdays, the Mac Show. Friday, nope, Thursdays, the Big Show. Friday's the Mac Show. Mark the date on the calendar. I actually caught that I was doing it wrong. Uh, wow. Um, also, Brian Chaffin and I do the Context Machine, and then I show up on other people's shows every now and then, too. All right. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. We really enjoyed doing the show, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And until next time, we'll talk again soon.